Welcome, race fans, to another episode of the Weekly Overtake. We're coming to you live right after the Catalan Grand Prix for MotoGP. And, man, this is another doozy. This was a huge turning point in the championship. Um, I've got Josh with me. We're going to kind of break down what happened today and, and where we all go from here. So, Josh, welcome. What's up, Taylor? How are you doing? I'm doing doing well, man. What's uh, what are your initial thoughts? You know that we we're this is just maybe 20, 30 minutes after the race is over. So, what do you think? Well, I was really excited for today's race. Um, the Yamaha showing pace really had some faith in Vinales. If you listen to us yesterday, you know that I tagged him as uh, my one to watch for today, and he definitely showed some aggression early on. But there was obviously another elephant in the room uh, for this episode. Uh, for the one incident, uh, I don't want to get there yet, but I think the first few laps were really good. So that's my initial take. If you want to ask what I thought, I thought the first few laps uh, led me to believe that we were going to have uh, almost a classic on our hands at the start of this race. Totally. I know. I was, I had sent you, actually had sent you a text right before the incident happened and was like, man, yeah, badass race. This is, this is going to be a good one. Like you said, the Yamahas were all showing great pace. They were all up there. Renz was up there. Quattararo, you know, everybody. It was it was tight there at the beginning. And so, so I know yesterday we had talked about qualifying and and how I think I had said you know I didn't really put too much stock in necessarily a starting position. And I think what we saw was the Ducati whole shot device working a treat by turn one Davi uh led or you know led into turn one which is uh which was awesome and but it was but it was fierce you know the, uh, this circuit is is fast it's flowing but it also has some very a couple tight sections tight tight kinks you know we had this turn five which is this downhill left hander off camber uh very tricky Obviously, turn 10, as we'll get into, is another really tricky corner. The surface is people have had issues all weekend. The beginning of the weekend, it was pretty dirty, pretty dusty. And I just think there was a just a general lack of grip all over that it pretty much everybody struggled with. So, you know, who else uh, for you, Josh, who else stood out in your mind as far as uh, just impressing you? Yeah, so I thought initially off the start, like you said, Davi and that whole shot device off the second row, he was right there. Like, that was an insane start. Like, that, I think if you rode that Ducati, I think it would snap your neck off the launch. Like, that launch control is insane. So he was right there. Kind of expected that, honestly, a little bit from the Ducatis. Petrucci, not as lucky as, as Davi, but he was still right there in the fight. I think fifth or sixth around that. Obviously, the first few corners, they're all establishing, you know, their race lines and their positions and kind of, getting their ducks in a row. Um, initially off the start, Vinales is aggressive and, and really pushing. Also, Quattararo, he was aggressive initially, but then had to fall back a little bit after a little bit of contact uh, with Marquez with Marquez in second place. Um, so when I saw Quattararo fall back initially during the race, I was like, well, here we go again. You know, another really good qualifying and a lot of promise, but he's just going to settle himself somewhere between, you know, the fifth through tenth 
position with his his partner Morbidelli, and they're going to finish around there and not be able to take the fight to anybody at the front. But our luck kind of changed um, due to Jorge Lorenzo. Yeah, who was actually on fire. I mean, this guy, he came up from from deep in the pack and was and was fight. I mean, he he clearly had, you know, some some confidence and he had something figured out. So uh but yeah, like you said, eventually turn ten of the was that the what lap was that? That was the second lap of the race. Turn ten, second lap. Yeah. So we saw Lorenzo breaking deep into turn 10, which, you know, turn 10 is a, uh, it is a modified corner due to safety concerns. Normally it's a little bit more a gradual left hand, uh, but there's really no runoff in that corner. The wall is pretty close. So due to safety concerns, they've moved it back a little bit, made it a little bit tighter. Uh, but regardless, he was coming in and uh, lost the front. I mean, he was taking an aggressive inside line. Uh, he didn't look necessarily out of control, but essentially just lost the front, clipped um, Vinales, clipped Davi, and then eventually Rossi couldn't get out of the way, and Rossi went down as well, which is very yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, it was unfortunate, uh, of course, and I think a lot of people are going to say, oh, you know, Jorge Lorenzo just being... I mean, I don't know what he's being or what he's trying to do, right? Like, he's he's finally – I think the silver lining in all this is that he's comfortable on the bike, right? Because he came out strong. He was pushing. Um, some will say that this season on the Honda, he has no business being up there, really, because he hasn't shown any type of race pace at all this year. So now he's finally – this is his first time with the pack at the front uh, really competing. And, yeah, he makes a mistake. And I think it was a mistake. I don't think there was anything weird going on. Anyone who says he was he was riding too hard or being too aggressive, uh, Vinales was being too aggressive early on. Rossi was on the outside of that incident because he was slipstreaming into that corner. What's, that's called being aggressive. You know what I mean? All these guys early on, if you look at Davi, you look at Rossi, Marquez, they all took a soft rear tire. Lorenzo, why soft early? Because they're going to push early. So they have that grip early on and try and, and separate themselves for the race. So I guess I think just what I want to say is like, initially I was like, Oh, you know, God damn it, Lorenzo. Like, but looking at it again and again and hearing some of the riders talk about it, I just, I really do think it was a mistake and and not one that was aggressive. I think it was risky. He didn't look like he had the corner right going in there. Like he was coming in hot for sure. He lost the front. Could he have stuck it? Maybe. I mean, but you look at the speed, even in slow-mo, you're like, there, there's no way he's going to make that stick, right? But aggressive move or not, I mean, I don't know. I just don't want to maybe beat him up over it necessarily, you know? Yeah, like you said, it's at the end of the day, it's just unfortunate. But I think you're right in that it was risky. I think, I just think that Lorenzo is on the back pedal and was really try, is just really trying to prove himself. And so he felt good today. He felt a little confident. And yeah, you could see that immediately. And so it's, I don't know, you just, I just think that with this, with this track surface, how early it was in the race, you know, I don't know, lap two, not even two full laps in. I don't know. I don't think that the front tire is even fully up to temperature. We already know that the Honda 
doesn't provide that that front end feeling, you know, or at least folks can't manage it like Marquez does. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, and and like I said, it might be a huge huge turning point in the championship as far as you know Marquez's lead. But what this did provide um, was a podium for first time podium for Quattararo. Got a second position, uh, which is awesome. Love seeing that. I mean, I think that's you know great for just his confidence. Great for the Patronus team. Earned it. I mean, it was no doubt. Like he, him, Petrucci, Rins. I mean, that was a serious battle, and uh, which really made the race. I mean, honestly, it's uh, just you could. I mean, it was a great race just watching that, and and so yeah. So we saw, like I said, so we saw Petrucci basically leading this little pack of really six or seven riders, but right on him uh, was Alex Renz and, and Fabio Quattararo for basically the rest of the race. Uh, they swapped positions quite often. Uh, Renz was able to get by Petrucci a few times uh, by using a slipstream, uh, getting them on him on, uh, in, in the corner speed. I mean, that's kind of the one thing that the Ducati was lacking was that corner speed. And so, you know, they were able to, to match him, you know, in lap times, but I think, I think Alex Renz really could have been there easily. I mean, unfortunately at one point he was basically trying to overtake Petrucci on the brakes, um, into the first turn, got in a little too hot, almost took them both out. I mean, it, it was literal, literal inches if less uh, between, Alex Rens' front tire and, and Patrucci's back tire. So very lucky that he didn't crash them both. But uh, but yeah, made up, you know, we'll drop back in the seventh, made up those positions, came back, ended up finishing fourth. So yeah, it's um it's it's un- it's it's good to see these other riders um, you know, have them get experience, get, you know, podiums. And I think that's good for just the, the rest of the championship overall, you know, it's just unfortunate that Marquez somehow his, his, uh, crazy luck was able to just to miss out on all that. And, and then he was able to just to manage the race. And, and that was another thing too, is that Marquez was not hanging around. I mean, this guy was setting fastest laps for most, you know, most of the race. I yeah. Mean, he, he ran super- in the, he ran in the one forties. I think, for 11 laps straight, he was 140 point, pick your favorite number. You know what I mean? He was either 140.5, you know, 140.7s. He was super, super. consistent. Yeah. And just to refresh your memory going back, I think it was FP2, don't quote me, but it was free practice where they ran an entire session on a soft front and a soft rear. I remember watching practice and people were dogging on Mark a lot saying, you know, he's not up there in practice. He's not, you know, this could put him at risk. He was easily through to Q2 towards the end of, of all the practice sessions. So there was no worry there. But now that I think back in hindsight's 2020 during this race, he went with the, that soft rear and I, I can't help, but think that there was some data gathering that occurred there at Honda running, you know, upwards of 18 laps in the practice session. And they knew that today putting that soft rear on and giving yourself a chance early to stay clear of any trouble, which he did luck or not, I think it was a, a, a handful, a healthy dose of luck came his way today. 
because he could have easily not been in the position he was in. But looking back to practice and, and that run they had, I think that helped them with their tire choice today and obviously showed in the race when he ran 11 straight laps in the 140s. So, yeah, props to that team and to him for, for having that consistency, you know. Right. Yeah, no doubt. You know, another uh, just a kind of a punch in the gut at the end was Cal Crutchlow crash out. I mean, this is a guy, you know, he's fast and, uh, but he just cannot keep, he just cannot keep the bike upright, you know, and I, and I don't, and it just seemed like he was, you know, he was fighting with Jack Miller. And to me, I'm just like, I'm just like, why? Like what, what, what's, the, what's the gain? I don't know. Like, obviously he's trying to race. Obviously he's trying to, he's getting ahead for sure. But it's just like this weird lack of self-control as far as like that management, you know, either it's, and maybe it's the bike, you know, maybe, and maybe what he says is true. And a lot of, he's having a lot of issues with the front end failing on the bike. Um, I mean, he low sides a lot. He loses the front a lot. I don't know, but it was just like, I was like, Cal, come on, man. <laughs> you gotta, I don't know how many times has he crashed this, this, this year? It's been a few. Yeah. I don't have that off the top of my head, but the, the move that he made on Miller was almost identical to the move that Rins made on Petrucci on lap 11. And it was, I mean, everybody was slipping and sliding today. We had 24 riders start this race and 13 finish. So that's 11 DNFs. Um, I was going to dig back into the records and see what that stat looks like and when the last time we had double digit even or 11 DNFs. But like you said, we're coming at you 30 minutes post-race. So couldn't dig that up for you guys. But I mean, it's, it's not very recently that that's happened. So very slippery uh, track today. And yeah, that move with Cal on Miller late in the race, uh, commentators talked about how they're good friends off the track as well. But yeah, I think when you're in that mode and the adrenaline, you know, you're kind of just focused on, on doing everything you can to get every point that you can. But I want to, I want to jog back a little bit if we can to when Quattararo was behind Petrucci and Renz after the the turn 10 incident, uh, the Lorenzo bowling pin going into Vignales and Davi and then catching Rossi on the outside. So Quattararo to me at that point, you mean you just eliminated probably, I would say three of the four race contenders, the race, you know, podium contenders at least on those guys. So, so Marquez, we knew he was free and clear. Quattararo was very disciplined in my eyes, the way he hung back, he let Petrucci and Renz kind of do their thing. And I thought he was just kind of waiting for the, that, that double pass that we saw, like, you know, last week at Magello when Petrucci, you know, took Davi and Marquez at that one corner and then held on to it for the last lap to win the race. I thought Quattro was kind of hanging out for that and it did come to him. It didn't come to him immediately. Um, it took till the end of the race where Renz had that, that incident to turn one, the contact with Petrucci, and then he had to run off uh, to save a, a crash for himself. But his patience and the ability to stick with those two riders, there were some, there were some, I guess, opportunities you know throughout the race. But it wasn't really anything that he was looking to do to make a move. I think he was just, just being thoughtful. You know, even talked about in the press conference, they were working with different mapping and seeing what was going on. So, just a really good strategy for him. And like you said, ended up landing him on the podium, you know, in second place at the end of the race. 
So if you wait, good things come to you, I think is probably the lesson learned there, which is a good lesson to learn in your seventh race in MotoGP. So, right. Yeah. I mean, I can't really fault him for much, you know, like you said, this, everybody was struggling. And so to stick with it, you know, to not get, not let your, um, your, you know, your lack of experience kind of get the best of you and just kind of hang in there, wait for your opportunities and, you know, finish. I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing is just a finish, you know, um, which is good. And he's not, you know, like I said, he's not really a crasher. I mean, so far we haven't really seen him do much. I mean, this weekend, like we said, this weekend was his first crash. Um, so like I said, you know, maybe good to get that out of the way, kind of get that, whatever. It's just another piece of experience for him. Yeah. And I think this is going to be, I think this is going to be just kind of the start. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what else he can do. Yeah. I think in the end it wasn't, it wasn't a bad race. It was good. It was good. I uh, give it like a, like a B, a solid B letter, no plus, no minus there, just a B. But if we had Davi and Vinales, you know, and, and Rossi potentially up there in the front battling Marquez, because uh, for me, it's a little bit of, it's a shame. Marquez now is a 37 point lead in the championship, which I guess we expected, right? And if you're a Marquez fan, you'll say, well, he had the, the DNF and Coda. Then now Davi goes down here at Barcelona. So all's fair you know, one, one to one for, you know, non-race finishes and I'm still 37 points up. So yeah, Marquez has not finished anywhere other than one and two this year. And that that's going to probably be the story going forward. But on a weekend where the Yamahas looked so strong and Marquez looked, dare I say, vulnerable a little bit for the first time, you know, throughout practice and qualifying. And even on the opening laps of the race, I wasn't sure if that incident didn't happen. I don't know where the chips would have fallen and who would have been in what position. Marquez was taking Davi on that corner through the inside, right? He was being aggressive himself, and Davi was a little further out. But to me, there's no doubt in my mind that Davi would have been right there back at him, and Vinales would have been pushing as hard as he could have you know, for the rest of the race. So we will right. never know how this would have ended up without that incident, but I just really wish that we got to see that. So how do you feel about the chances going forward, Yamaha being strong here, uh, potentially could be strong as well at Assen. So how do you, I mean, is this Yamaha weekend? Cause they've been catching a lot of flack all season up until now, really about their, their lack of power. And they did have, you know, Vinales had a great first lap and then right up to, you know, when they hit the main straight again, he got swallowed up by the Honda. So there's, there's still an issue there, but do they have a better chance going into these more, like corner heavy circuits with, you know, less straightaways. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, hopefully Vinales and, and Rossi especially can just, again, put this behind them. You know, I think it was clear that, that Rossi was, had put Magella behind him. He was really showing up for this weekend. And I think you're right. I, I don't think that we would have seen Marquez one, you know, win this race. You know, this is his first win here since 2014. Um, so, yeah, it isn't. It is. It is crucial for for Yamaha to just again put this behind them and go into Assen and take that same energy from you know and just and just do the thing there. Rossi loves Assen. 
I mean, <laughs> I, I think it was last year we saw Rossi. How many times did he do his his kind of little overtake move on? Um, gosh, one of the last last corners of Aston, um, and he was so he was very strong there. So I think, I think, I think the Yamahas have a, have a great chance to do well in the upcoming races. Uh, it's just about them. Yeah, just kind of leaving leaving the negative stuff behind, but you got you got to imagine that they're going to be out for blood. <laughs> the next one, I mean, after just getting getting robbed, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. And Valentino Rossi's last win was at Assen two seasons ago in 2017. That was his last win. Um, 2018, last year he placed fifth. But either way, they've definitely been a competitive team at Assen. So yeah. Yeah, I think we'll see, and we'll see Quattro up there too. I think. I mean, it's going to be, yeah. So it's good. Yeah, he was impressive. I think Morbidelli actually had a good race going until he went down. But again, it was a battle of attrition uh, this week, and a lot of riders, you know, just in certain, just they just went down. Lack of grip, you know, you know, high heat. I think a lot of guys took soft. Probably looking back, the medium rear probably would have been the best choice for a race you know, race pace, race distance, even the Ducatis, a lot of talk from Petrucci struggling on that rear tire with grip, even as early as after the race incident with Lorenzo and him looking up at Marquez saying, there's no way that I can push to stay with him. So what I have to do now is just fight Renz and, and try and hold position as much as possible. So he really didn't have a chance to go push and fight because he was already struggling with grip, you know, a couple laps into the race. Right. You know, and another thing too with Aston is that the, the chance for a wet race is always huge there. Um, so that could change things a bit. Yeah. Weather will make it interesting. We haven't really had any, uh, I guess, weather affected races this year. Everything's been sunny side up. I guess some cloud cover, but nothing crazy. No, no flag to flag bike changes in the pits and, and late calls. And those are always good. I like one of those every once in a while. Definitely makes it more interesting. Yeah, so going into the next race in Germany, Marquez, 140 points, leading Davizioso with 103. Renz in third with 101. Petrucci in fourth with 98. So the battle for second is really tight. And I think it's really anybody's, between those three, um, with all of their performances, it's really anybody's second place. You know, it's hard to say, you know, I, I hate to, I hate to even think about the championship being starting to get locked up, uh, this, you know, this soon in the, in the, in the season, but, but for sure, second place is, uh, is up for grabs still. So yeah, there's one uh, guy I think we know doesn't want to be there Davizioso, cause it would be his third year in a row in second place. And, uh, watch the post-race press conference before we came up here and recorded and, Marquez kept looking over his right shoulder to Fabio Quartararo saying, I know he's going to be there. I know he's going to be fast. If anybody, you know, might be at least gaining in Mark's, in his mind, you know, it was, a, it was a great weekend for the Marquez family. Obviously, Mark gets a win. Alex gets a win in Moto2. So, I mean, they're on top of the world right now, but I couldn't help but tell that Mark kept glancing over and saying, this guy is a real threat to me. You know, not for the championship this year, but at least – competing in races like he will be there causing causing some problems for sure so yep 
Yep. You can tell the respect that Mark has. Um, and he's, his kind of eyes are getting wide um, with the speed that Quattro is, uh, is on display. So we shall see. And I'll just yeah. say that Quattro is seventh in the championship right now. I mean, he's ahead of factory Yamaha with Vinales. He's ahead of uh, another factory Suzuki factory Honda, both KTMs. I mean, you know, it's, this is impressive. So. Yeah, for sure. And, and five points, like you said, between two, three and four. So really that second place spot is up for grabs. Here's a guy I don't see falling off is Alex Renz. Um, I think he was with us earlier this season and it just seems like he's always going to be in the conversation and he keeps his nose clean somehow during races. Um, maybe it's a little bit of luck that like Marquez has at the front, but I think Renz will be a conversation, you know, now and, and going forward for this year, potentially, you know, years in the future. Cause he just impresses me a lot with, I mean, the bike is a, is probably a big reason to blame for that. Cause that Suzuki is so poised. Um, it can hang on the straights. It's not as slow as the Yamaha's doesn't have the power of the Ducati's or even the Honda at this point. Cause really now we have to talk about how Honda is being able to hang and hang out in that slipstream of the Ducati's. But I think he's just, he's in tune with that bike in, in, in a way that is going to make him very competitive um, for the rest of the year. And he's not afraid to get a little dirty. Like today we saw him Petrucci and, and getting in the mix. So, He's a, he's a smart smart rider, which is to me a very important thing to have so early on. You know when you're seeing success. So, right, yeah, he'll be. I think you're. There. I think you're exactly right. The only reason why Rins um, doesn't have more higher placing finishes is just because of a little bit of a lack of horsepower. Other than that, I think that bike is completely capable of winning races, and he's and he as is he. So. Uh, which yeah. we obviously we've seen at Coda. So, yeah. but all right. Well, we will see everybody else in a couple weeks' time from uh, Germany. And with that, go ahead and sign off, Josh. Thanks for tuning yeah. in, man. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Looking at F1 at the French Grand Prix, Circuit Power Card, twenty three June. Also, today's Father's Day. So, if you're listening on Sunday on race day and you haven't called your dad or bought him dinner or whatever you guys do in your family, go do that and uh, tune in. All right. Later.